Welcome to Bat Therapy, exploring your favorite comic book characters through the lens of clinical psychology. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in the cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We're your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado Keaton Hopkins. This podcast is about providing education and understanding and is not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. So today is going to be our first time talking about Batman. Um, So we thought it would be good to kind of start a little bit more broad and, and talk about our reasoning behind how we're gonna do that. Um, so Keaton, yeah, I, I, I think a, a lot of our conversations about this have just been about how, how big of a topic this is. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of Batman. There's a whole lot of Batman. Uh, and all of it is vastly different. Mm. You know, it, it goes from campy to super dark. It goes from rated g to rated r uh there's it's such a broad character yeah. to tackle and so it really vastly depends on the specifics of what you're talking about in order to really break break this guy down yeah. right yeah and that's you know that it, it's hard in terms of just talking about him as a character right because sometimes granted his larger backstory there are certain things that tend to be the same across time. Um, there are exceptions, of course, with different storylines, but but usually it's kind of the the same background story to a certain degree. But yeah, the, the details can be different, and it's it's hard in terms of telling the story of who he is. And and when it comes to um, what we talk about here, which is pulling together comics and psychology and mental health it makes it particularly difficult because it's all about looking at the different patterns and commonalities across time. So if you're not careful, you're actually jumping stories and, and, and you're going to have trouble finding those patterns. Right. And I mean, the, some of the patterns that obviously remain the same, the Waynes were watching a movie or sometimes a play and they leave, and they don't call an Uber, and they go down yes. Crime Alley, and Bruce Wayne witnesses the death of his parents, and that takes him down a long, <laughs> dark, uh, I would say rabbit hole, but in this case, a long, dark bat cave into channeling his fear and becoming fear itself in the form of yeah. Batman. That's something that I think kind of remains across, even in like Elseworld stuff. It's some like of the Waynes always. Die. The Waynes always. Some some of the Waynes always. I know. Always See? Die. See? Yeah, there are like. Yeah, the because I guess I was thinking of Flashpoint. And, you know, oh, Flashpoint. Yeah. I, and I love right. all these stories that like go off on these. Like, what if what if this major thing was different? So, yeah, I love Flashpoint. So. Oh. there there's so many what ifs when I was doing uh, research, there's one where I think it's called Superman speeding bullets and <laughs> uh, Superman lands yes. in Gotham instead of Smallville and gets adopted by the yep. Waynes and then still witnesses the murder of his parents. And then yes. Kal-El becomes Batman and he's, going around with superpowers, yep. just messing people up the way Batman would, which is know, a very dark, but yeah. kind of awesome reality. But this is the problem. But see, this is, yep. but this is what we, this is what we were talking about, how easy it is to just jump all around yeah. when it comes to Batman, because there's so many different stories. There've been so many different writers and all of them are uh, very, very different. And you know, you know what's really cool about this actually that I, I wasn't thinking about before. Um, so, so you just talked about how these very concrete parts of his storyline remain the same for the most part, right? So, right. 
some of the time, the, the Waynes always die, right? And yet, we have all of these different versions of Bruce Wayne and Batman that reverberate out of that based on where the creative author behind it where they where they take it which is kind of cool because it's it's like humanity it's like it's like psychology right so you can have people who have very similar events even even traumatic events like this you got have people literally at the same traumatic event and and based on their brain chemistry based on how they were raised based on um, how they take in that information different people are going to have different reactions and it's it's going to play out differently in their separate stories. So it's kind of like you you see that in how Bruce Wayne and Batman are kind of slightly slightly different even when they start off at the same point. The trajectory is kind of yeah, there are these vast differences. I mean from from camp to super dark, I think is one of the 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 quickest and and easiest examples. And, you know, you bring up a good point there because I think, honestly, that's what makes Batman so relatable because I think everyone Mm. knows that they have a bit of a duality. It's the person that they know themselves to be Mm. and the person that everyone else sees, right? And then on Mm, top of that, so many times you have heroes that have these insane superpowers and stuff. Batman is Mm -hmm. human. He's human. Yes. He's human. And so I it's like, yes. oh, man, he can. I could be Batman. Like, I can't, but. <laughs> sure you can, Keaton. Right. You can be anything you put your mind to. Right. It's in my heart. It's in my heart. There you go. All I need is a cape and a, bi- a couple billion dollars, and I can be Batman. It's an, attain- it's an attainable goal. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Ideally, you would be starting off with the body of, like, a 16-year-old when you came up with this idea as well. But, you know. Yeah, it'd be a startup, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> With those billions of dollars, you can figure something out. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a yeah. S- I you a know small I think loan. that's a that, it's a great point though. Like, why do why do we love Batman so much? Um, I I was asked this question by my mother um, a few years back, and I was like, <laughs> why, why do I love you so much? And and I think you actually hit on two really really great points. Yeah, there is this. Th- there, he's human. Mm-hmm. Right, so he's he's like the rest of us. It's it's not that he has these these godlike powers. Essentially, he's got to do it with his mind and his gumption and his stubbornness. Right. Yes. So we can really relate to him in that, and 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 also I think what draws people in as well is what it takes to be a human and to try and live up to the superpowered. Right. Right. And it's where a lot of this, you were talking about kind of this mask, essentially, like what we show the world versus what's going on inside. And you you, you actually see that like Batman is this impressive character. And yet underneath, it's kind of amazing he has friends and family and, and, and people at all, right? Because what he has to be in order to live up to this isn't the easiest person to be around. Absolutely not. Right. Absolutely not. He's uh, he's not a happy guy. Uh, I mean, (laughs) I'm trying to think of when I've seen Batman smile in the comics and normally it's after he's broken someone's bone. Right. It's he's like or he's proven someone wrong. Right. Right. It's like, oh, I just bested Superman. I'm going to smile for that. Right. Like he's he's and and he's constantly besting people because. Yep. I think he constantly gets underestimated because he is only human. Even yes. when dealing with the the superpower threats and the supernatural, he is a human backed yeah. into a corner and he always figures out a way. And that's why people love Batman because he always he's the guy that always has a plan. Yes. And but, I even love it when he has a plan to the point where it 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 literally breaks down his connection to people. Um, I don't know. It, it it can be so heartbreaking. Like the level of, of planning and strategizing that once again he has to do to be in this role. It really is a very lonely place. Right. I mean, you when you talk about strategizing, he has to strategize everything. Like yes. even when he shows up 
and talks to Commissioner Gordon next to the bat signal. Commissioner Gordon will turn around and he'll just be gone. He had to plan that. that. He had to plan that escape. Like, that's not something that's easy to do. Like, I have a two-year-old. I can't hide from him. Right? (laughs) Like, I have a hard time doing that. This man just can disappear at a whim. And he does it to super-powered beings as well that have excellent sight and hearing. Right. Like, how did the Flash lose lose Batman? Right? Like, that's... (laughs) And so you're the, right i've never takes... thought about that he <laughs> because i think i always think like he's so good but yes he literally had to go into that saying how am i gonna leave so that they go right wtf right <laughs> how am i gonna sneak up on superman oh wow i didn't know you were there bruce like what i've been planning it for 10 years you're welcome what like how how did you do that and yeah. but yeah and that's why but that's why we love him plus he has a really really cool car that car is awesome <laughs> Which one? Honestly, I'd take any of them. Mm. Uh, but I think the the Keaton Mobile is still mm, that's a solid one. One of uh one of my favorites. But yeah, we could yeah we could completely. I mean, he has a bat mobile, bat jet, a bat boat. Like honestly, just about every vehicle. Yeah. He has it, and it comes in black and has the bat symbol somewhere. And that actually reminds me too, where it's, um, that made me think of, uh, you know, I'm terrible at at thinking of things on, uh, the names of things on spot when he first meets Gotham girl. Ah, yes. And right. And so he's on this plane. So I, I was thinking about how, you know, he'll just like crash his vehicles and it's no big Mm -hmm. deal. And it made me think of, um, this other time where he even plans for when he runs out of plans. Right. Right. So he's on the plane and no one from the Justice League, which, by the way, the one time that the human guy on the team asked for someone from the Justice League and they're too busy. But anyway, so no one in the <laughs> Justice League is around to help. Um, something about like the trajectory of the plane, he has to steer it until the very end. And so he'll die. And so he's telling Alfred, here's where you can find my messages to the boys. And like, you can tell he's even, he's even planned for when his plans run out. Right. Which like not very many people could plan through even their own demise to the degree that he does. Right. And then, you know, on top of that, I think that might be Batman's superpower. He's such mm. a a type A super planner. <laughs> like Oh, that's why I love him so much. It's yeah. like me if I were a superhero. <laughs> and it's why I could never be Batman. Because oh. yeah. Yeah. I, I I I'm not a good planner. I just I'm good at doing what people tell me to do or ask me to do. I'm like, okay, I can do that. In the meantime, You can I be will... my Robin. That sounds like a good Robin. Yes. Depends we'll, which one. We'll come back to that. Yeah. We'll come back to that. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. I don't look good in red and yellow. It's the bright colors. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess you can but, jump ahead to Nightwing if, if you want. But that brings up another good point. Uh, another thing I think that people like about Batman is how big his family is. He yeah. interacts with so many different characters and people to the point that he has unique relationships with Alfred, with Commissioner Gordon, with all the different Robins, Mm -hmm. with all the different members of the Justice League. And I think that people like that because it's closer to real life. We all have several different circles that we interact with. And different people know different versions of us right like my mom knows me differently than my friends my favorite bartender knows me differently than my mom right like all of us i don't know uh, i bet your mom mom knows a lot of those sides too fair enough my mom's a good bartender she is (laughs) (laughs) your mom's Uh, awesome she is she is shout out to mom but (laughs) i i think it's interesting how there's so many different relationships that Batman yeah. has. And I feel like that's not something that you see in mm. 
a lot of comic book characters. Like, they have relationships, but not nearly as many. Like, the five or six Robins and the several different Batgirls and mm. all the different members of Unless the Justice they're, League. Unless they're, like, on a team, right? Like, the Titans, for example, or right? I mean, then, right. of course, you've got all these different... Yeah, that's an interesting thought. And and you know what's super interesting about it? I immediately started thinking like that that one time where Catwoman's like, for a supposed loner, you sure do ha- seem to have a lot of people around. Right. 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 Like he is a very, well, I would say he tries to be a very closed off person so he can be this ultimate level, right, of planner comparable to the superheroes. And yet there's something about him that seems to draw in people i mean okay some people were already in his life like alfred but a lot of the people that you just listed are people that came came in along the way later on right when he was batman already and was already solidifying this very very tough kind of outer coding to himself which also also tends to be a theme for his character granted how that looks and how thick of a kind of protective layer he has definitely varies based on the storyline right because like you said before i i feel like there there does come a a point when all of these relationships at a certain point every single person is like oh wow this guy is uh he's got some issues right There's, yeah there it, yeah it's it's like they they finally realize like Hmm. I think Dick Grayson was the quickest to figure it out. To you think he was? It. You think he was faster than Alfred? <laughs> oh, oh. Well, did we even count Alfred? I feel like Alfred knew all along. Right. Right. I think. Yeah. I think but he. That's knew. fair. That's a fair point. <laughs> Alfred is. Oh man. Alf. Oh. Oh. Like, is there is there anywhere where they explored what would he be like if he didn't have Alfred that whole like the whole time? Uh, dead. I think that that is the right? answer like, to that. Because I, I, I think actually in most of these storylines, Al, yeah, Alfred is a, a, a very firm part of this. And, and you're right. I do think Alf, Alfred's the one that sees him for who he is the entire time and actually seems to be someone who oftentimes is like translating. Right. Right? Like helping to like make the connections work where it would there would be missteps otherwise between – Bruce Wayne slash Batman and whoever the other person is. And I think it's the people around him that keep him still human, like still not beyond the realm of is, is saving the word. I think so because, um, he, I mean, when are the times that he almost kills people or he gets really, really close to killing people? It's when someone, a relationship has been severed. Right. He's experienced loss of some kind or... Yeah, a very extreme loss of some sort. Yeah. Yeah, it is very interesting. And actually, like, maybe this is a a nice time to kind of hit on... Obviously, like, we're super interested in these different relationships and what goes on. And um, we were talking about how this is probably one of the big ways that we'll use to talk about Batman slash Bruce Wayne, depending on when we're talking about him. We might kind of refer to different parts. But the cool thing is there's so much content. So we can keep coming back to this lovable character over and over again from a lot of different dimensions and layers. And one of the dimensions that we've been talking about is looking at him via different relationships he has, right? Like the relationship with Alfred or the relationship with um, the Robins or one of the Robins or the relationship with Catwoman or uh, Superman. And I mean, of course, yeah. And it, it was funny because I was sitting there thinking about it. I'm like, okay, so our podcast is called Bat Therapy. We, mm-hmm. we, we need to keep them around, right? Like we're yeah. definitely going to break down all the different villains and mm-hmm. all of these different characters, but we're going to always keep them in the circle, right? And yep. it's because... There's so much of it. Like I said, everyone's yeah. written him differently. Uh, he's he's done so many different things. And so I don't think the psychoanalysis is something that can ever really stop. Because you yeah. could still continue breaking him down and his relation, like you said, the relationships with all of 
the different characters. And you know what's really cool about them too is you have these different storylines and I would say even with the storylines that are have ended, right? Um, like obviously there, there are the current comics and, and even movie uh, that are, you know, telling current stories, but there are many stories that have already happened that maybe have have been done telling and yet there's always this potential with each of these versions of Batman this potential for growth and change mm-hmm. right like you were talking about how they do a really good job of Batman being more than just Batman and and you really get drawn into his relationships mm-hmm. and i think with that comes this just interest in the potential right what can he grow into where can he go from here because he's so flawed in some ways right because there are so many things he struggles with that you know in in some respects don't really have like a clean or clear label like sometimes people ask me like what diagnosis does batman have and well part part of the complication is depending on which storyline he may be exhibiting certain things and he may not be a lot of the times it's it's not so much that he's got this like mental health diagnosis that is this clean and clear thing. It's more that he has this really complicated response to this trauma and and he's really taken on this persona and it's such a such an intense and focused persona that it just reverberates out in in all of these in extreme and interesting ways. Yeah. And and it's and it seems like one of the common themes of Batman is like from beginning to end of each of these storylines and arcs, it's one of those things. And it's like, well, is Batman going to change? Is <laughs> it going to be different this time? Nine yeah. times out of 10, it's not. Yeah. But it makes you think it's like, oh, yeah. maybe he could be happy one day. Maybe yeah. he could stop this one day. Maybe he doesn't need to do this for the rest of his yeah. life and in his mind he does and a lot of the times i feel like a lot of these stories just makes you think and by the end of it i feel like you always end up kind of feeling for this guy right yeah yeah i agree and and it is this interesting thing of of sacrifice there's something so compelling about someone who sacrifices so much and okay if we're talking about these superhero time uh timelines and not timelines characters different characters they're all okay they're all sacrificing something but it's like okay you're you're all sacrificing similar things right like your time and it's hard to build relationships and da, da, da. he's sacrificing something extra right and when you compare it to the other superheroes it's always a lot more right mm-hmm. like flash isn't sacrificing time right he oh. he can <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> right? He he it'll be it'll be okay. Like he doesn't he doesn't need a car. He doesn't have to worry about not catching someone unless there's someone with super <laughs> speed, right? It's it's and you know Superman, he doesn't have to worry about being shot, right? Yeah, that would be nice. Right. He's he's fine. Like he Superman has to worry about punching someone too hard. Right. Now I feel that like, and, comes and, with its own stressors. I mean, let, let's, not, not, let's not get it wrong. That that gives right. you a unique kind of outlook, I think, in a very different way. But yes, a very different concern. Right. Like Batman has to worry about all the stuff that we do. He catches colds, right? <laughs> he had to get a COVID shot. How like terrible he, is that? You think like, hey, I, I can line myself up with superheroes, but I get a cold. Ugh. Right. Like he, yeah, Batman had to get a COVID vaccine and Superman didn't, you know, Flash probably caught it and it metabolized and it was out of his system in like 20 minutes, maybe, maybe fat, probably faster, right? Yeah, probably but, faster than 20 minutes. Yeah, oh man, but, so jealous. But yeah, every, everything that we have to worry about, Batman also has to worry about, mm-hmm. except, except bills. Yeah, I was except about to say, bills. except for the whole money thing. Now, I mean, yeah, I mean that is something to thing. be said, right? So I, I think one of the things that, that has forced, I think, some adjustments in some of the more recent stories about Batman and, and having to try and continue his likability is the fact that he does have all of this money and resources. Not to say that that's a bad thing. 
But what? there's more questioning these days of like, well, if you really want it, if the goal was to really help people, right? So one of the main themes for Batman is parents die. Right. I will wreak vengeance like a bat, right? Like right. At using all this money, right? Sometimes he loses it. A lot of times it's still there. Um, but you have all this money and it is, is your main and or only motivation to help people if that's the way you use it. Right. And it's funny because I feel like there like the last few years, it's been this kind of running gag where it's like Batman just runs around beating up poor people. Right. Yeah. And not all the, hey, not all the criminals are poor either. Right. That's true. And on top of that, I'm not going to lie. Like a lot of the times Batman is beating up people that are like armed or they are supervillains who are mm. going to do a lot more damage. I, Tons of damage. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I saw Batman pit, like beating up a pit pocket. Right. Yeah. Like he's he's not on the same level, I don't think, as like frank castle where he's like if i see you committing crime i'm just gonna shoot you in the face right yeah yeah he i i think he he he, he cherry picks the yep. big things and you know that's probably why his likability has sustained despite and the relatability to the everyday person despite the fact that he has all this money like you almost forget about it and i think it's because what you're talking about right yeah. pick pick the appropriate battles um, now, granted, could some of that money be going to other things? Yes. Some storylines are actually dealing with that um, and could be interesting for us to, you know, touch on. Because he, he tends to be naive with how to, to use money in other ways that, that can actually be helpful in the long run. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right that the, the way he chooses to use his abilities, because while he's human, he's very good at what he does. Um, yeah, he, he's dealing with really the these people in situations that even the superpowered don't always know what to do with and you know it's just kind of let's minimize the damage happening yeah and it's interesting because uh he that brings up the next thing i was going to say his his no kill policy mm -hmm. right which is really big especially when you start considering the number of times he saved characters like the joker and it's like mm, why are you yeah. doing this his head is wired where he's like i don't let people die no matter yeah. who it is but it also depends on the timeline because i think almost every single batman movie at some point it's like uh that person's dead right it's like oh batman caught the hand grenade and threw it back and it's like uh well that guy's probably not coming back no it, right? it just or... exploded into a bunch of sunflowers and bunnies okay it's fine. looney tune rules yeah yeah exactly looney tune rules right it's just yeah uh yeah and so yeah his his like no kill no policy. intentional kills right yeah right and so he he has this strict code yeah. that he lives by um like you said before quest we we have to question if he's using all of that money in <laughs> yeah. the right, in the right way. Well, and even the, the no kill policy, I think depending on the storyline, we keep coming back to this we're, until we're blue in the face. It's why we're, we're really excited about it. It, it, it. It's why it's so hard, but it's why we can keep coming back to this character. Cause we can look at different zoom in on different storylines, different relationships within different storylines and really look at different angles because depending on different storylines, what I would hazard too is you have different things underlying where that no kill policy might be coming from. Like some of it might have to do with, sometimes it might have to do with the trauma and, and not right. wanting others to experience that at other right. times. It might be that he at, on some level knows the very dark parts of himself and if he crosses a certain line, where would he go then, right? Um, and, right. and sometimes it's a combination of those two. And maybe, you know, there might be other kind of factors as well. Uh, but yeah, that policy definitely comes into, into play. And actually, it comes up a lot, um, especially considering like, I mean, I feel like it comes up a lot more than with, when, with Superman, who literally has to try not to kill people on a regular basis like shaking and someone's I, hand 
Yeah. And I think it comes up a lot more with Batman than Superman because Superman is constantly facing otherworldly threats. That's true. Yeah. Right? Like a lot of, like no no one's worried about Brainiac dying. Right? Like, oh man, super like But then actually okay, so sometimes we give Batman though a hard time because sometimes he seems like anti alien. But yeah. that's actually ri- it's written into the comics that it's kind of like war, right? It's almost like, okay, well, that's seen as combat and battle if it's like with aliens. So they don't count as being killed? I guess, right? Like, I don't know. Hmm. It's Yeah, it's interesting because, yeah, we've definitely seen him like in the, the Justice League movie. He was definitely taking out parademons, right? Like yep. it was not really an issue. But you know, at the same but time. But if they were people attacking him, would he be the same way? Mm-hmm. Right. And at the same time, that Batman definitely did not mind killing people well either. you know he lived a number of years i love ben affleck's batman I'm, oh yeah I'm he a was huge he's, fan. he's a very angry angry soul he's <laughs> i love i i just love angry batman i don't know oh we yeah can psychoanalyze and, me later <laughs> well, <laughs> fair enough but also you you have to look at all of these different portrayals because for example i recently reread all-star batman and robin the boy wonder Mm. by frank by frank miller (laughs) very very different batman like he was just honed in this is a war we're fighting in Mm. i don't care about anything i'm just gonna beat people to a pulp like he was a terrifying terrifying person because it's (laughs) like oh wow this guy does not need to be doing anything like he actually might need to be in arkham like normally you question like is batman kind of off the rails like should he be getting treatment frank miller all-star batman there's no question that Uh guy needs treatment right you know i think in general the yeah while there's a lot of times no obvious like diagnosis you might connect him with every now and then you're like okay maybe there might be something there but i mean he's a very functional person uh, right. So most of the time, it, it's fleeting if he has kind of any any clear potential diagnosis. Despite that, though, you don't need a diagnosis to benefit from therapy. And oh boy, yes, most versions of this guy, I yeah, he could benefit from from some therapy for sure, just to kind of maybe work through some of those layers. Although interestingly, if he went through therapy, would he be as effective of a Batman? That I'm not sure of. Right. And so, and that that brings me, you know, to my next question for you. Because, I mean, yeah, the name of this episode, so Batman, tell me what brought you here. (laughs) How would you potentially talk to Batman as a, as Uh. a therapist, as a clinical psychologist, like knowing what the average person knows about him like oh man Mm -hmm. he runs around at night beating people to a Mm -hmm. pulp and he's absolutely terrifying and now he is sitting in my office Mm -hmm. how do how how would someone even begin that because i mean i can i can think about possibly how you would do it for the average person Mm. so when you're looking at him do you come at it with an angle like there's absolutely nothing different about you than the average patient, or do you <laughs> construct a different game plan yeah. as a clinical psychologist? Well, that's such a good question. And and so here's the thing: we're talking about depends on the storyline, depends on this, depends on that. Your question is actually one that I can answer here because when someone first comes into my office, I don't know a lot about them, right? So so you have to start somewhere. And so no matter what version of Batman it is. I mean, there are definitely some things that I would approach it with or keep in mind. Um, so I guess first and foremost, because uh, one thing you were hitting on is, um, okay, so he's a, a very specific kind of person, right? So what do you do with that? So the whole thing about therapy is it's it, – and treatment really in general is relationship building is really key, and one of the – really one of the foundational things is having an open, genuine, and non-judgmental relationship, which depending on the person can be really easy and sometimes more challenging to do. Um, You know, if Batman were to stroll in 
Well, first off, he's probably wearing his suit, I'm assuming. Um, that right. or he's coming in as Bruce Wayne. I guess, you know. Oh, but, wow. That brings up a good point. Yeah. So which does he show up as? I don't know. Oh, wow. Because you approach it two different ways. If he comes in as Bruce Wayne, then. You have one set of kind of background information. Yeah. Versus. Right. Now, both are both are famous, right? Both are very public right. figures. Um, but I would I would already be thinking certain things about either one that I wouldn't necessarily know about the other that would inform what I was doing. But from the get-go, I would acknowledge knowing who they were, right? So right. being open, being genuine, and also it'd be a giant elephant in the room that'd be honestly not helpful to ignore, right? Because it's going to be a part of who that person is, how they maneuver the world, and how they maneuver connecting with you, right? So um, That's a good point. Right? Like first and foremost, probably not going to trust me much because they've got to be careful who they share information with. Uh, well, they probably did a lot of research beforehand, right? To make sure I was trustworthy, but still would be pretty right. cautious. And that I and I wouldn't see that as like quote unquote pathological. I would expect either of them to be more guarded and and mm -hmm. that is adaptive, right? When you are right. a public figure. But I think what I would do to approach it would be, um, especially if it was Batman coming in. Um, okay, here is someone who goes out, does a lot of tough stuff, and gives off this persona of a really tough exterior, right? Right. Um, and something's going on for him to the point that he showed up in my office. Right. That's your in, right? So this is someone who is not going to easily change how they think or how they do things because he's trying to reach this really high level of ability right in the crime fighting side of things and yet mm -hmm. he's in my office and so that's how i would approach everything is okay so what what brought this person here how do i how do I figure that out? Because they may or may not know why they came in, right? So Batman, he's a, he's a huge planner, but he doesn't he he doesn't always I think plan for all the things related to opening up to another person because he doesn't want to do it, right? right. And he, so I don't know right. if he would know why he was there. He he might need help figuring that out. Right, and he he's he's very very stubborn, and and oh, so yeah. I was and one thing I was going to say too is it would be very difficult breaking him down because if you don't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman, mm. you don't know why Batman does what he does. I right? I, it's true. At the same time, so I think the conversation I would have with him, because it's a great point, would, would essentially be that. So I'm just going to be upfront and honest with you uh, that, you know, okay, you're coming in as Batman. Obviously, there's someone underneath there. And I'm... I, you know, I would imagine that you're not eager to share who that is with someone else. And, you know, we can take this as we go. Um, you don't have to tell me who's under that mask right now. There's a lot that we can learn about and help you connect with aside from that. But we might reach a point where we're at a standstill because the two are connected. So then... Okay, so we talked about how it would begin. Yeah. In your mind, knowing what you know about Batman, because I feel like whenever it comes to therapy, mm -hmm. it's to get someone to a certain point, mm. right? So would the certain point that you would try to get Batman to would be giving up being Batman or doing it differently so that's an excellent question so there are a few different perspectives that this can come from um, there's shared decision making there's recovery oriented care um, but essentially the perspective we tend to take these days is that the therapist or whoever the provider is we're the expert on that service on what can be useful with certain certain issues or topics a person would come in with. That person's the expert on their personal life, 
what they've right. lived, what's worked for them in the past, what hasn't worked, all these different things. And it takes an evenly balanced combination of the two for success. So this is all to say, a lot of times I have a certain sense of things that might be useful for a person based on what they're sharing with me. And I, I, share the, I try and share those things with that person. But at the end of the day, we're different people. And so there are going to be differences maybe in, in what I'm hoping to see in treatment, what the other person's hoping to see. But for us to have success, we've got to find the common ground, right? So what is it that we're working on together? And so what we would work on, what my end goal would be, honestly, it would have to do with what the answer to that first question was. Why is he coming in in the first place? Because... Yeah. Until you know what draws someone to actually make that connection, it's going to be really difficult to help them figure out their next step. And giving up crime fighting, that's a complicated question. It depends on what's important to him. It depends on what it's giving him versus what it's taking away. And yeah, I mean, I don't think that question would be answered until he got through the process and saw where he ended up yeah, because i feel like in 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 batman's mind crime fighting is his therapy like that's how he he deals with things <sighs> and copes with things maybe am yeah. i am i thinking about that right or i i believe you might be right in terms of how he may perceive it once again gonna depend on the storyline maybe um cope deal with i'm not that doesn't really fit per se there's an intensity to what he's doing it's unclear if he's working through things or almost obsessing over things or or sometimes potentially punishing himself himself with Right. So, for example, I think that I think what you just said makes more sense. Okay. I think, yeah, I think it's more of an definitely more of an obsession than yeah. a so, coping. And, and uh, to be honest, not the best obsession has a technical definition. So that's not the best word, but it's essentially okay. like he's um, it, OK. Some storylines, maybe it reaches that level. But essentially, yeah, it's so what I would relate it most to is um, some people with a trauma background. Um, so PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, is a specific response to trauma. And it has certain symptoms. And we can get into that in another episode. Don't need to get into it now. But uh, I, I think a comparable example as to why I'm not sure it's him dealing with things is um, you can have people who have PTSD from combat trauma who fill their time with reading about war, watching things about war, um, putting war in front of themselves a lot of the time, and it's mm-hmm. actually not helping them process through it, right? It's, okay. it's kind of like they're kind of stuck in that mode, and it and it's they're, they're continuing to get kind of triggered by all the things, and they're not able to... to get to the next step of healing. And it, mm-hmm. it, at least in some respects, almost feels like that for him. It's almost like he can't let go of something. If he let go of it, he'd probably have to let go of Batman. And, you know, I, I also understand not letting go of that. Once again, the sacrifice, right? right? He's giving this sacrifice on this, like, human level, in most storylines, uh, mm-hmm. that... Other superheroes don't have to do. Right. And going back to what you were saying about approaching it based on what he is there for, that actually brings up a very good point and goes back to what we were talking about with all of his different relationships. Because if he's there because him and the Robins aren't getting along. Uh, yeah. Right? Uh, or... He's there because Catwoman just left them at the altar, Uh right? Like there's so many different ways and things that you would need to help him with. And the list goes on and on and on. And like I said, I think that's what makes him so very different. It's because he is more human, honestly, than I think most comic book characters are. Mm. especially given the number of different interactions 
and relationships that he has. Well, and he's also, he's flawed in these ways where he's allowing the flaws to continue so he can offer himself up to be Batman. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And the, gosh, the more I think about it, the more interesting it gets. It's like, man, here's this flawed individual, had trauma as a child, goes around beating people up at night, and then he adopted he adopted a bunch of boys and they do the exact same thing. Oh god, we're gonna have like, to get oh, into that man. Yeah. Oh oh my god. Like what? I know, I know. What did and he yet, do? And yet we love these storylines, right? If you look at that stuff too closely. Oh yeah, yeah. There's gonna right. be a lot of interesting things when we when we look at the relationships with, with the Robins for sure. Cause yeah, it's right. it's with Robin, with Barbara Gordon, mm-hmm. right? With Batgirl. Like, it's it it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And that is why I think uh, we're going to be able to uh, keep coming back to him. Hence the name, yes. Bat Therapy. Bat Therapy. We are going to keep coming back to him indeed. Yes. Um, so are we ready for our mindful nerd moment? I think we are. Awesome. What do we got? So we're early on in this podcast. I'm kind of jumping us in with both feet. I was trying to think of something because we're just, you know, we were talking more broadly about um, how we're going to talk about Batman, how there are all these different storylines. And yet there tend to be these main themes that that we see. Um how we look at things psychologically might change, but one of the things that seems to stick is his stuckness, right? He's kind of stuck mm-hmm. in in focusing essentially on this crime, this trauma that happened from a very, very early age. So what I was looking at us doing is something that I would probably, okay, this would not be like, hey, you just walked in my door, Batman. Let's do this mindful moment together. He'd need to be working toward this. Um, right. But eventually I would ideally want him to work on forgiveness. Mm. Forgiving himself? Ooh, excellent question. That is the right question to ask. Forgiveness. Okay, toward whom, right? So both, both forgiveness toward himself. So once again, depends on whose who's representation of Batman we're looking at. But usually he's not just stubborn with everything around him. There's a lot of stubbornness with himself, right? He holds himself to a very high standard that, hey, Young little Bruce Wayne, who was next to his parents when they were murdered, probably can't live up to, right? So mm-hmm. self-forgiveness and also other forgiveness, others, forgiving others. And the reason that this came to mind is because he seems very stuck. Um, he is always kind of in this world of badness, right? Mm-hmm. And he's trying to make an impact Um, But the way it reverberates in his life, there almost seems like this desperation to it, right? Of just... Right. right? Like, it seems like he is the kind of person that never counts his wins. He only counts his his losses. Exactly. And if if he doesn't see you as on his side, he is is, not very forgiving of you either, right? Cracks knuckles, right? Exactly, right? When does he smile? When he's breaking some teeth. Uh, right. so maybe we can try and work in a little forgiveness, um, try and just help a part of him move a little bit forward. So what we'll do here is with any of these mindful nerd moments, it's good to start with just kind of paying attention to your posture, trying to be, you know, sitting straight, not stiff though, right? Make sure it's comfortable sitting up straight Um, if your feet are on the floor, making sure they're flat, laying your hands either gently by your side or in your lap. And it's good to always start with either closing your eyes or softening your gaze and just taking a few deep breaths, not having to breathe in a particular way, but just really taking in those long, deep breaths to center ourselves into this mindful moment. And before we get started with our actual mindful nerd moment here, hopefully listeners, and of course Keaton, are are practicing this along with Batman and Bruce Wayne. 
Keep in mind that when it comes to mindfulness, it's not always a relaxing experience. This may be one of those. If feelings or experiences become too intense, please feel free to just pause, take a break, take a moment. You can always return to the mindful nerd moment when or if you're ready. So first, as we're going into this exercise, I want us to keep in mind that we are not trying to make ourselves feel anything. We're simply inclining the mind and the heart toward forgiveness. It's very important to go at your own pace. So we're not trying to change our feelings or force them, but we're trying to open our mind toward forgiveness. Let yourself feel the barriers you are holding by not forgiving others, by not forgiving yourself. Ask yourself, do you have an intention arising within you to learn to forgive? Begin asking for forgiveness from those you have hurt or harmed. You might say to yourself, there are many ways I have harmed or hurt another, knowingly or unknowingly, through my own pain, anger, fear, and confusion. Just pause and let yourself remember some of those ways. Let yourself open to the pain, sorrow, and regret you may feel related to that. You might feel your readiness to finally let go and to ask for forgiveness. And say to yourself, I ask for your forgiveness. Please forgive me. And release it by taking a few long, deep breaths. Now let's acknowledge those who have hurt or harmed you. Say to yourself, there are many ways I've been harmed or hurt by another, knowingly or unknowingly, through their pain, anger, fear, and confusion. Let's pause and let yourself remember some of those ways. Feel the ways you've been hurt, as well as the pain of still holding this pain and resentment. And allow yourself to feel the potential release of forgiving. To the extent that you're ready, offer forgiveness. I forgive you. I release you. Or, I'm setting the intention to be able to forgive you or to learn to forgive you. And allow yourself to pause and take a few deep breaths to release this part of the exercise. Now turn toward the last part, forgiving yourself. And say to yourself, there are many ways I have harmed or hurt myself, knowingly or unknowingly, through my pain, anger, fear, and confusion. And allow yourself a pause to feel the sorrow and regret, the preciousness of your body and mind. And remember that you have grown and you have changed. You did not know what you know now, or perhaps you knew but couldn't quite practice it yet. Feel the release that might come from forgiving yourself.
To the extent that you're ready, offer yourself forgiveness. You may say, you might say things like, I forgive myself. I release the pain of not forgiving myself. Or perhaps I'm setting the intention to forgive myself or to learn to forgive myself. This is a difficult exercise. Take a moment to thank yourself for taking the time. When you're ready, take a few deep breaths to help you gradually exit the exercise. Move your body slowly, perhaps from side to side or moving your arms and legs. And when you're ready, open your eyes or refocus your eyes and we'll come back to finish the podcast. So what'd you think, Keaton? Um, I liked it. I, I, I always, I, I really liked that it was something that was not a requirement to be completed. Yes. Right then. Like so many times when people talk about forgiveness, it's like, Either you forgive them or you don't. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, that's something that definitely comes with time. Yes. And right? there is that's an in-between. Yeah. You're so right. It's not an either or. Right. And if you try and force something like this, uh, it, it kind of get, gets beside the point. Yeah. Right. I, I really liked that it began with the idea mm -hmm. of forgiveness and not you need to forgive you need to just let go. Like it's, it wasn't a trust fall. It was a yeah. welcome to the possibility yes. of forgiveness. I also so, really, yeah. yeah, I also really like that it tries to help you use different angles. So looking at yourself and how you may impact others and then relating that to how others impact us. A lot of times when there's hurt or harm, especially if it's something extreme, like, for example, your parents being murdered in front of you, then... That'll, that'll do it. That'll do it, right? There's yeah. such intensity to these things that it can be hard to see the humanity of others at times. Or, mm -hmm. if we're harsh on ourselves, see the humanity of ourselves, right? So I'm also glad it then comes back around to yourself, right? It kind of weaves looking at yourself and at others within this, this context, Definitely. But yeah, it's a tricky, tricky one. Would not start Batman off with this by any means. But I think it's something that would be helpful for him in the long run. Because we forget, we, we think of forgiveness as letting people off the hook. Right. When really, it's about the fact that a lot of the resentment or the things that we hold about how others have damaged or hurt or harmed us, mm -hmm. what we hold doesn't tend to affect them. Or if it does, not nearly the way it affects ourselves, right? Sure. That's that's how we hold on to the these dark things that kind of eat away at us. That uh, sometimes it seems to hint that happens with Batman and Bruce Wayne. Right. So yeah, right. that's all I I have for us today. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think that I I'm very excited about this podcast. I know the first episode we kind of talked about Arkham mm -hmm. and then in this one this was our first big opening for the the man of the hour yes Batman Whew, right we did and it we're going to be jumping so much more into him and all the characters in his universe and mm -hmm. even characters outside of his universe you know yeah oh we'll and probably so, even hit on some Marvel people along the way I bet oh yep Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Some of them have experienced loss, right? One or two of them. <laughs> eh, just a right? few. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, there are a lot of superhero orphans. So, uh, learn to forgive. I always walk away from the mindful nerd moment thinking, I did not know that I needed that. Oh, that's you know? good. That makes me happy. Yeah. yeah, this is, yeah, this podcast is actually my therapy. It's in disguise. Well, it's not your therapy, just like it's not the listener's therapy, but I'm glad to offer these skills, right? Because people can't always be in therapy or, you know, we can't get everything from therapy. So here are these things that we can take to help ourselves heal. 
as we go about this wild world we live in. Absolutely. Thanks for nerding out with us. I'm clinical psychologist, Dr. Amelia Brown. You can find me at Crafting the Mind on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I'm comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado, Keaton Hopkins. You can find me and my friends' movie reviews and reaction videos at TeamJVS.com or on YouTube at TeamJVS. For more information on this and other topics, check out our website at bat-therapy.com. To keep current on episodes and other updates, subscribe to our Bat Therapy YouTube channel or follow us on social media. We'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.